Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers you talk, deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Well, all members of Congress have been attending briefings, trying to figure out exactly what happened, who knew what, when, where, and why as it relates to the Chinese spy balloon. Deputy, Deputy Secretary of State uh, Wendy Sherman testified on U.S.-China relations before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Utah Senator Mitt Romney is on that committee and brought up several really crucial, important, next-step kind of questions in terms of strategy and tactics. And this is one of those areas, uh, interestingly, it's uh, from the art of war. And it says that strategy without tactics is the slowest path to victory. Tactics without strategy is just the noise before defeat. And we often see this in our politics rather than in our governing because we either get so obsessed on just the nitty-gritty tactics of it that we forget to have a strategy and we're just making a lot of noise and we miss. Or we just talk all big picture, blue sky, shoot the moon kind of stuff, but we never get to specifics in terms of the detail of the tactics of how do we execute this and make it happen. So I want to break this down just a little bit. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, this is a bipartisan issue to be sure. Uh, there's very little disagreement. There's a, there may be a few places here and there, but there's not a lot of disagreement from Democrats and Republicans in what needs to happen next. So in that committee hearing, Senator Romney talked about the need for a comprehensive plan regarding our nation's strategy towards China. I spent my private sector career uh, doing something called strategy consulting. That's what we, we help companies develop strategies. I have to tell you, it drives me nuts to watch us deal with China and have objectives, but to see everybody going in different, we don't have a comprehensive, let's put it together strategy. I, the legislation, which Chairman Menendez and I submitted and was passed, calls for bringing in a, an advisory panel of outside experts. So really important. So Senator Mitt Romney and Senator Mendez, uh, Democrat, uh, came together. They put this together in the NDAA, which was passed back in December, and saying, look, we've got to have a comprehensive strategy and tactics, all of it together, when it comes to dealing with China. Now, in this particular hearing, he went on to say that we really have to have this plan. Outside experts, he talked about that, uh, to make sure we can actually combat the threats to our nation that China now presents. I, I just want to underscore how critical it is that we go from ad hoc principles that we and tactics that we apply from time to time to instead uh, fashioning with the help of outside minds 
a comprehensive series of options. We select the option that is our strategy. We move on that basis. Not doing so, in my opinion, will leave us um, in, in something less than the leadership position we so uh, desperately need to preserve our freedom and prosperity. And that's Utah Senator Mitt Romney uh, in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing regarding China. And he again, he brought out such a, something that is so important that we often miss when we're crafting this kind of strategy. He talked about the fact that the White House, the administration, has had this set of ad hoc principles and a few tactics, uh, but not a real strategic plan. you got to put all of those things together. The White House will say that the principles are invest, align, and compete with China. Uh, and that's fine. I think those are good principles. I think that's a good starting point. Uh, but if we just have a set of principles and then we just have a few random tactics here and there, we don't really have a comprehensive strategy, which is how you actually win and you actually move forward. Now, I want to go to Democratic Senator John Tester uh, from Montana. Obviously, the balloon uh, spent some significant time over his state, and he was none too happy about that. I actually really liked John Tester when I was back in Washington, D.C. Uh, he spoke to the press after having an initial briefing as he was heading to what is called the SCIF, where the secure briefing was held. Take a listen. They didn't send it over here by accident, and quite frankly, what they get out of it, and it is an incursion on our airspace. I just want to make sure, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for the military uh, and the military leadership. I just want to make sure that this country is safe, so they're going to have to justify what they did. Were you satisfied with the answers that you got? To so it was initial hearing. It was an initial hearing. I think it was a good initial hearing. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of lines that need to be connected on the dots yet. Hopefully, that'll happen downstairs. I think that was an important perspective from Senator Tester. Uh, again, he was asked if he was satisfied with what the military uh, folks had told him in that hearing or in that briefing. And he said, there's still a lot of dots that need to be connected. It's very early. And so we just have to keep having the conversation and keep it moving. Uh, this is another one of those areas where we can't get to the instant certainty. We've got to slow down. We've got to make sure we, we know all the facts. We've got to figure out the timelines. And then, as Senator Romney pointed out, we've got to get not just some uh, policy, not just some principles, not just some tactics. We've got to get a comprehensive strategy to pull all that together and connect the dots that Senator Tester is talking about. Now, Senator Marco Rubio, senator from Florida, uh, after going into the secure briefing, uh, talked about the Biden administration's failure to respond properly uh, when uh, he knew where the balloon was headed. Look, it's not just NORAD's responsibility. NORAD has command over U.S. airspace, but we have other capabilities that see things and can project in advance this is where it's headed from its trajectory. Mm -hmm. They knew that. They knew it was headed to the continental United States well before it entered North American so airspace. And, uh, and, you know, they didn't tell anybody about it and they didn't do anything about it. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's an interesting perspective. 
Uh, now, we do know that uh, the military was able to jam some of the communication processes on the balloon. Uh, so we don't know when that happened. We don't know how that happened uh, and what it prevented the Chinese from being able to actually collect or transmit. We just don't know that yet. So let's not jump too far ahead. Uh, other than they have said they were able to jam them at some point. Uh, so that's an important thing to, to keep in mind as we go along. I think it's also important what Senator Rubio pointed out in terms of they knew where the balloon was headed. Uh, and as every meteorologist has said, it's going to follow the jet stream unless it has a whole lot of power. Uh, and, you know, it can navigate up and down and a little left to right, but it was mostly at the at the mercy of the jet stream. Now, interestingly, uh, Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski uh, gave a few thoughts about the fact that uh, everyone sort of dismissed the balloon as it was traversing Alaska and that there was no uh, priority or information about the balloon situation as it went across the state that she represents. As an Alaskan, I am so angry. The fact of the matter is Alaska is the first line of defense for America, right? If you're going to have Russia coming at you, if you're going to have China coming at you, we know exactly how they come. They come up and they go over Alaska. It's like this administration doesn't think that Alaska is is any part of, of the rest of the country here. To get to the United States, you've got to come through Alaska. Seems to me the clear message to China is we got free range in Alaska because they're not, they're, they're going to let us cruise over that until it gets to more sensitive areas. Tell me, tell me where the sensitive areas are. And that's uh, Senator from Alaska, Lisa Murkowski, uh, talking about how she felt about being an Alaskan uh, and that there just wasn't any priority as it was uh, going across that state. Uh, first line of defense. I thought that's an interesting way to look at uh, how that happens, whether it's Russia, whether it's China. Uh, it really is as they come across uh, over the top there. Uh, closing out, I want to go back to some of the things that Senator Romney said in the Foreign Relations Committee hearing uh, because I want to connect the dots that I think the senator is trying to get to, which I think are the critical piece of all of this, uh, because we can yell and scream about what we knew, when we knew, who knew what, why didn't we shoot it down earlier, why didn't we jam it sooner, why did we prevent it? it? All of that we can go to forever, and there'll be a lot of politics played around that. But the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters, is can we take a set of principles, put them into a policy strategy and then have the tactics to bring it all together. And that's exactly what Senator Romney was trying to say has to happen. And again, he's working across party lines uh, to make sure we get to that point. Uh, He said in, in the hearing, he said, this is where we're going. A comprehensive strategy includes dozens upon dozens of strategic and tactical decisions that are combined, changed over the years, but it's essential in my view, that we develop that kind of strategy, that it's kept uh, in a classified setting. And so not going out public with all of these things, but making sure we go beyond just having an ad hoc set of principles, as the senator described it, not just having some one-off tactics dealing with balloons or other issues, but that we bring those together, strategy and tactics. And so we'll circle back to where we began with the art of war. Strategy without tactics is the slowest path to victory. Tactics without strategy is just the noise before defeat. This is an important conversation in our nation's capital and one that we'll continue to follow 
here on Inside Sources. All right, we'll step aside for one last commercial break. We're going to round it out. Some final thoughts coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.